0: Well, Jesus got a a rap over the knuckles from the Pharisees uh, because his disciples did work on the Sabbath. But they weren't really busting their gut, were they? I mean, they're just doing what we've all done. I've been doing it ever since I was a little kid. From about now on, when the wheat starts to ripen up, if you're anywhere near the paddock, you sort of always go in and, and pick a few heads and rub them out and blow it a bit. Or if there's a bit of a wind, you don't even have to blow it and and then you have a bit of a chew have you done that kids? have you ever rubbed, rubbed wheat out? you haven't done that oh you're going to have to start you're going to have to start doing that it's just so good and, and, you, and as you chew it up it ends up you know, if it's good prime hard wheat you end up with like chewing gum true? true? does everyone some of the adults what I'm talking about eh? Yep, that's just something you do. Now, I've been doing that ever since I was a kid, but the strange thing is Dad never felt that he had to pay me for doing that. You know, that's probably not a good example. <laughs> Dads aren't real good <laughs> at paying for any work. Um, but, but, but you're getting the point, aren't you? Like, there's, there's not really a lot of work in that. And, and that's what these disciples were doing. Um, now, there's, there's two issues at play here. And one glorious truth. The first issue is the burden of the Pharisaic law. The Pharisees had made life downright unpleasant. It had gotten to the point that ordinary people were afraid all the time that they were doing the wrong thing because they were trying to keep this man made law, which wasn't God's law at all. The Pharisees had taken God's law, which was beautiful and perfect and wonderful. And good, and they'd bound it up with all of this strict interpretation, this huge list of do's and don'ts, just in case you do the wrong thing and step out of line. It was what they called putting a fence around the law. Okay, so, well, I just have to clearly define what is the boundary so I can step right up to the boundary but not over it. And um, it had gotten that way that ordinary old Joe Blow didn't know where he stood with God. That's the first issue, man-made rules mucking up God's law. The second issue that was there was, was the rising opposition that the Pharisees had to Jesus because, I mean, Jesus wasn't very nice to the Pharisees. The Pharisees, like, they thought that they were the kingpin and, and they knew God and they knew God's laws and they knew everything that was, that was the way it's supposed to be. But Jesus absolutely challenged them. He he challenged their harsh application of the law, and here it began with a little little thing, just rubbing out some grain. But it goes on then till we see what the Pharisees are actually like. We we get to see the hardness of their heart, and we get to see their hypocrisy. Because their law, it said, well, it's okay if a sheep gets stuck in a board drain. Well, they didn't have board drains, but that's our example here. It's okay to go and pull him out. But if there's a man who needs rescuing, well, you can't really do anything there because that would be work. Um, It wasn't okay to rescue a person from their affliction. And they were upset that Jesus healed someone on the Sabbath. Jesus did this amazing miracle and yet it was no effort for him. What it was, was this man had this twisted up and deformed hand. And Jesus said... Stretch out your hand. Stretch out your arm. And as he put out his arm, his hand just became normal. I don't, think, I don't suppose that Jesus even raised a sweat doing it. But the Pharisees went, work, work. You, you've just healed that man. You've done it on the Sabbath. You shouldn't do that. So, so that was the two issues. But there is also one glorious truth that we can learn from this, and that is Jesus Christ is Lord of the Sabbath, and I'll be explaining that shortly. But before we get to that, we need to go back to the beginning and, um, and see what is the Sabbath or what was the Sabbath. And, and I'm not kidding when I say we're going back to the beginning, we're going right back to Genesis and the creation of the universe. In six days, God created the universe. He created everything that has been made in those six days. And then we read from Genesis chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Now, God rested... On the seventh day. Do you suppose that he did that because he was knocked up and needed to have a bit of a blow? I don't think so. God rested on the seventh day to make that day holy. His resting is what made that day holy. Now, what does it mean to us that the day is holy? Well, let's look at some of our holy days. Good Friday, Easter Sunday, Christmas Day. What do we do on those days? Does anybody look forward to those days? Now, it's not just because the prezzies we get and that sort of thing, is it? Most of us look forward to those days because, hey, we get to have a day off. We get to have a long weekend. We get to have an extra long weekend. What we do on those holy days is we have rest. We rest. And we remember those holy days. So ultimately when God made the seventh day holy, what that means is we rest. God rested to demonstrate that this day is special, making it holy, meaning that humans can rest on that day too. So let's slip forward now to a little bit further on and we're coming now to the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments were given in Exodus chapter 20 and I'm just going to read from verse 8. And I think this is number four of the Ten Commandments. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to Yahweh your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days Yahweh made heaven and earth, the sea, all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore Yahweh blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Alright, part of being created as humans, part of being created in the image of God, means that we are not machines. We are not designed to to endlessly produce stuff. We are designed to work and we are designed to rest. And our Creator, the Lord our God, has designed that work and rest into a seven-day cycle. In creation, God is showing us that he hasn't made us to live to work. Instead, we work to live. Now, it depends on who you are and what your personality is, whether you need to be told, stop working on the seventh day and have a jolly rest. Or some people need to be told, stop resting and work for a few days. It it depends on what what our character is. Some people are all too willing to rest and and not willing to do any work. Some people will will just work. They become workaholics and, and they find their whole... Their whole life is filled up with work. Well, God has designed us to do both. He's designed us to work and to rest. And blessed is the man or the woman who can do that. Blessed are those who can work but also take a rest. So, we've seen creation. We've seen the Ten Commandments when they were first given. Now we're going to skip forward to when the people of Israel first entered the promised land. Okay? And, and here Moses is reminding them of the Ten Commandments. Um, just, they've only just come out of slavery in Egypt. Now you can imagine just how, um, how much rest the slaves in Egypt would have gotten with Pharaoh driving them. Probably not much. Right? So they've just come out of this and now what they're being told is don't enslave yourself all over again. Deuteronomy chapter 5, reading from verse 12, Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as Yahweh your God commanded you. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to Yahweh your God. It all sounds pretty, pretty similar so far, doesn't it? On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember, and this is where it starts to get a bit different, This you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt And Yahweh your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, Yahweh your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Do you get this? The Sabbath is so you can have a rest. It's so the whole of society can have a rest. It's so that the animals can have a rest. It's so that even employees get to have a rest. It's so that even even if you're in a land that has slaves, God in his justice and mercy says those slaves should have a rest. What Moses is saying is you've been freed from slavery, don't enslave yourself and don't enslave others. You know, as I meet people out in the world today, um, as I meet people in this town, as I meet people even in this church, what I constantly encounter is a people who are tired. You too? Do you constantly encounter a people who are tired? Constantly find, you know, if, if you ask people, what, what do you need more than anything? Probably half of them would probably say, I need a rest. God made the Sabbath for us, it is a merciful gift for those who need it, people just like us. The world has already been created. God finished creation. You don't have to keep striving to keep building stuff. God has already done that. He has finished it and he said, it is very good. And then he went, ah, for a day, put his feet up. And you know what? I believe God created the world in such a way that that you have everything that you need in order to enjoy a day off every week. In order for you to have a day set apart as holy to God. And that's what the Sabbath is. But as soon as any of us try to police the Sabbath... As soon as we make it a law and say, if I was to stand up here and say to you, every one of you, you must keep the Sabbath, do no work on that day, and if you do, you'll be getting a visit from the elders and we'll be coming around to, to counsel you. As soon as you start doing that, you've lost the whole point of the Sabbath. Because as soon as you start doing that, the Sabbath is no longer a blessing, it becomes a burden. Jesus said to the Pharisees, If you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath isn't a sacrifice that we have to make to keep an angry God happy. That's not what the Sabbath is about. It is a gift. It is a gift that a loving God has given you. It is a gift which expresses the mercy of God. And we too should also reciprocate by showing that mercy on the Sabbath. When Mark records this same incident of Jesus with the Pharisees, um, Mark says this, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. The Sabbath is to serve you. It's not so that we can slavishly have a day off and hate every minute of it. That's not, that's not the way that it's supposed to be seen. It's not something that we hate because it curtails our money-making, consumer-driven, wealth-gathering activities that we've filled our lives up with. The Sabbath is because it gives God delight to show his mercy to us by giving us a day of rest. But it's more than that, and this is where I want to bring us to the glorious truth of the Sabbath. The Old Testament, over and over again we find fulfilment of the Old Testament in Christ. Jesus said himself, he said, I didn't come to abolish the law, I came to fulfil it. So the question is, how did Jesus fulfil the Sabbath? And to answer that I'm going to take us to Colossians chapter 2 where Paul says and you who are dead in your trespasses that's the wrong stuff we've done and the uncircumcision of your flesh that's like the unholiness of us God made alive together with him having forgiven us all our trespasses all the things we've done wrong by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands all right All of us have sinned against God. All of us have done things wrong. We've rebelled against God. We've had the wrong attitude toward God. That is sin. And we're told in Romans that the wages of sin is death. I have earned the punishment of death. And this is the good news of the Gospel. Even though I deserve that, Jesus Christ becomes my substitute. Jesus Christ takes that sin that death sentence that I have earned, and he dies in my place. And he has cancelled, verse 14, cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. Right? So we've got the Pharisees putting on all these legal demands, you have to do this, you have to do that, etc., etc. But Christ has put to death that. I don't have to keep all of those rules and regulations anymore. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. All right, He's talking about us being saved from our sins. We are no longer subject to the law. The law is good and it is just and the law has justly said, Michael, you're guilty, but Jesus says, that's okay. I'm going to die in Michael's place and therefore I am free from that law. Verse 16, therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a sabbath. Okay? We are under a new covenant. I can't judge you for not keeping the sabbath. Because keeping the sabbath never got anyone to heaven. It never did that. It can't. It's only faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that gets us to heaven. And then he continues, verse 17, These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Are you hearing that? The Sabbath was a dull image of something else which was to come. And that something else is Jesus Christ. The substance belongs to Christ. The substance of of the Sabbath, what it was all about... Is actually pointing forward to Christ. In Christ, we enter God's Sabbath rest. We rest from striving to do all of our good deeds, all of our good works for salvation. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9 says, So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest, has also rested from his works as God did from his. The Pharisees thought that by keeping all of their rules and regulations, by doing all of this hard work to be the, be the very best that they could be, that by doing that and always doing the right thing, that that would save them. They were wrong. You can't work that hard, and I can't work that hard, because God's standard to achieve that is beyond reach. We can't do it. Jesus Christ did that work for us. Jesus Christ lived the sinless life. And when he died on the cross, he takes our sin and gives to us his righteousness. There's nothing I can do to take away my sins. All I can do is repent of my sins, confess my sins to Christ, ask him for forgiveness and he forgives me. And that means I rest from striving. That means I rest from constantly worrying, am I good enough? Am I good enough to be saved? Have I helped enough old ladies across the street this week? Have I have I given enough money to the poor people this week? If we start worrying about what we've done then we haven't understood the Sabbath rest. We can have confidence that Christ is our righteousness. We are saved by what Christ has done. Rest. We have to let go of Striving and rest in Christ. And that is the glorious truth of the Sabbath. Every time, right throughout the Old Testament, every time they kept the Sabbath day, it was actually a looking forward to a real rest. Yep, you get to have that one day off a week and you probably start thinking, oh, back to work tomorrow. What else am I going to do? But the glorious Sabbath, the Sabbath that is Christ, doesn't end. We live in the Sabbath. We live resting in Christ. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't do any good deeds. Christ showed us that with the Sabbath. Righto. Now, the question I suppose you're wondering is, well, what about today? Should I keep the Sabbath today? In the Old Testament, it was a command, but do I still have to keep that commandment today? Because I'm, I'm I've just said to you, we're not under the Old Covenant anymore. We're not under the, having to keep the law. Now, for you South Africans, do you understand what the, the Old Covenant is? I think, verbond, verbond, yeah, so you, so you know what we're talking about here. Do I still have to keep that commandment today? Well, the answer is no, you don't have to. It is not a law that requires you to do it. Paul said, let no one pass judgment on you in question of all these sorts of things, including the Sabbath. Don't let anyone pass judgment on you. If, if you are working on the Sabbath, nobody can judge you. I can't say, you're going to go to hell because you worked on the Sabbath. You're free from that. We're not judged by how well we keep the laws. But, and this is a very important but, as disciples of Jesus Christ, as a people who have been forgiven all of their sins, we should constantly be looking to God's word, we should constantly be looking to the instructions that God gives us for living, so that we can understand God's will for our life. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, you you want to know God's will for your life? Put, put your hand up if you want to know God's will for your life. Yeah? Of course we do. And we find that in God's Word. God's Word isn't dead. God's Word is living and active. And it's it's there to answer questions for you today. And God's will is for you and I to have more to life than work. And when someone keeps the Sabbath, this is something which yells out to the world, a world which is consumed by greed and a constant yearning for more and more. It yells out to them, "I, I have enough. I have my rest in Christ, and I rest. Keeping the Sabbath is the fourth of the, of the Ten Commandments. Let's just have a quick look at the other nine. Um, do not worship any other gods. Now, do you think God still still wants us to do that? Is, is it okay for me to go and worship Buddha? No. Okay, so, so God still wants us to keep that commandment. Uh, do not make any idols... Um, Roy you do woodwork um, do, do you make idols do you think God wants you to make idols no no of course not so God wants us to keep that command, uh, commandment as well do not misuse the name of God um, do you think God wants me to use his name as a swear word and, and, and start using it in all sorts of abominable ways no no um, let's skip forward to number 5 uh, do you think God still wants us to honour our father and mother? Of course He does. <laughs> Heretics! Actually, there's actually a cure for that. The whole community takes those children out outside of the bounds of the camp, and we're going to have to take you a fair way because then you stone them, and there's no stones just nearby, but we'll find a quarry not too far away. <laughs> Cheeky little brat. <laughs> Number six, do not murder. Seven, do not commit adultery. Eight, do not steal. Nine, do not lie. Ten, do not covet. Do you think God still wants us to keep those commandments? Yeah. Now, now that you're a Christian, living under the new covenant, you can see that those nine commandments are values... That God wants you to put in your life. This is his will for how you should live. Why do you think number four would be any different? Why would we think that number four was any different? God didn't give us the Ten Commandments to keep whenever it was convenient to do so. Okay? It's, ah, yeah, Lord, I I know you've said do not kill, but I'm particularly angry today. (laughs) You think he'd say, oh, well, that's all right, Michael. That's fine. Of course not. Well, God, I know you want me to honour my parents, but it's going to be really funny if I say no right now. (laughs) God didn't give us these commandments to keep just when it's convenient to do so. Their purpose is to follow God's way when other things are trying to distract us from God's purpose for our lives. God made a seven-day cycle. That's how he designed us to live. Now, if you think you know any better, well, well, you can try doing it your way at at your peril. Uh, I I did this at one stage. Just after mum and dad sold the farm, I went contract hay baling. And um, you know the saying, make hay while the sun shines. Well, it's wrong. Most of it's at night. Um, but, but you've got, you got to keep the thing with, with making hay uh, particularly in dry places like Gundawindi and St George you sort of have to just keep going cut a little bit so cut, cut as much as what's going to be dry and, and ready to bale in six days or whatever And and so, if you don't, if you have a day off on on Sunday, that means that in six days' time or whatever, then there's not going to be anything for you to bail unless you cut twice as much the day before. And it was just much easier just to keep going. And I went non stop for a whole month. And how much do you think I enjoyed my month? I enjoyed two weeks of it. Third week wasn't too bad. And then I just hated life. I, I just realised then the wisdom that God had given us, giving us a seven-day cycle, knowing that, hey, you do actually need to have a day off, Michael. And I then restructured the way I did things. And yep, I made a bit less money. Do you think that matters? The Sabbath is a day of rest, but it's also a day that we set apart to be holy for the Lord. Now that doesn't mean that we say, righto, I can do what I like for six days and then on the seventh day, uh, that'll be God's day where I'll I'll go to church and and I'll be all holy that day, I'm not going to kick the cat or whatever. That's not what it's about. It's not just rest from the daily grind of employment, it is a day dedicated as holy to God. It means the actual day is set aside. It's not that I'm set aside for that day, the day is set aside for God. Originally, of course, it was a Saturday. Um, later on, the early church began to celebrate it on a Sunday, uh, the day of the resurrection, and to keep it holy for God. Now, I actually don't think it matters what day it is. The Seventh day Adventists will tell you very clearly that it has to be the Saturday. I don't think it matters what day it is, but I do think it matters that we do keep a day. Holy for God. Now, parents, that's us as well. Have you noticed that the world's changed over the last couple of decades? Um, and, and I just see it changing more and more and more because more and more the world has us rushing around after our kids, um, even on our days off. And we, we end up filling up every single skerrick of our day until our day, our week, is full and overflowing and we're frazzled. Have you seen that in parents today? Yeah? Have you seen it in your own life? God's desire is for us to rest and have a day holy for him and sometimes that means we have to put on hold some activities that might seem good to do. You see... Who is it, do you think, that, that wants you to fill up your day to overflowing? Who wants, who wants you to fill it right up? It's the devil. It's the devil who, who wants us to fill it right up. It's the devil who wants us to run ourselves into the ground. It's the devil who wants to keep us away from God. Now, our kids learn what's important by what we do, and many of our kids today have never been shown what it means to rest. And that's our job as parents, to show our kids that it's important to have a day to rest. God has given us the Sabbath. Enjoy it.